Jeremiah chapter 29. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much now. You're with us. Thank you that you're for us and not against us. And we do set aside this time to hear from you. Lord, we look to you for answers, for direction, for instruction and in righteousness. We may be thoroughly furnished unto every good work. And Lord, we do honor you during this time. We, we set our mind upon the things of the Spirit, not on the things of the flesh. And Lord, we just want you to have your way in us now. In Jesus' name, amen, we pray. Praise God. Praise God. Well, we're talking to you today about your future. All right. Everybody ready for a bright future? God has a good future for you. And if you'll key into what he has laid out, I tell you what, I, I would really believe that things will get better and better. Not just going to stay the same. Not 10 years from now and you're the exact same except more wrinkles. No, better in so many ways than you are today. That's really the way uh, things work in the kingdom. In Jeremiah 29, 11, we read, our text which says for I know the thoughts that I think toward you says the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope and so the Lord is thinking about us isn't he he's thinking about us thinking about all he wants to accomplish and do in our lives uh, another translation said plans to prosper you and not to harm you and so God's will for us is prosperity his future if we stay on the course that He has designed for us, man, you're going to have some stuff. You're going to prosper. It's not just material prosperity, but it's really all in every aspect of our lives. God wants us to prosper. And so it's real important that we stay on that path of what He wants us to do in life. It really needs to mean more to us than anything else. The, the Lord's will. What is the Lord's will? What does He desire uh, for me to do in my life if that's really important uh, then I'm much more likely to pay attention when that's revealed to me and I'll know what to do and so we've been sharing with you about this aspect that is how do we deal with the future now what can I do today that will be directly linked to tomorrow and the Bible gives us uh, a number of different uh, issues and things that we can do that are directly tied to our future okay and so a wise person will then take advantage of the opportunities they have today to influence tomorrow and to steer their ship in the direction that they want it to go okay we said to you that first of all um, our giving is linked to our future we know that what we give today it we receive a harvest or we plant today we receive a harvest later and so whatever I give today sets me up for future prosperity okay if you've given and you've been faithful in the past then today you have a harvest available to you to draw upon all right uh, secondly we said to you that what uh, not only what we're giving but what we are saying is linked to the future we showed you some of that in the Word of God, but if I'm speaking negatively about my life and about my future, about what I don't have, what I can't do, that is going to manifest tomorrow. That will be a reality in my life. But if I will say only and repeatedly speak words of life, 
concerning my life. Speak what God has promised me and say about my future that it is bright and glorious and prosperous and, and just, uh, just God all over it. Then that is what I'm going to walk into. All right. Number three, you remember we said that not only giving and saying, but also praying. What we pray today is key to our tomorrow. What I'm doing when I'm praying today is I'm involving the Lord in my future. And so if, I'm not, if I don't have any kind of prayer life, that doesn't bode well for me come next year, come the year after. And many times these things have a lag. Don't get me wrong, there are miracles and answers to prayer we can get instantly, but a lot of our prayer time, it is, there's a lag between the time when we pray it and the time when we live it. All right, And so I must be uh, wise enough to think out beyond you know, the next few minutes, <laughs> the next few hours, and give some time towards my future. Then I can just walk into situations and everything falls into place, and it's like, wow, this is easy. Well, that's because you did business back before. It's because you gave time to your future in the past. Okay, And so praying is key. And then number four, this is what we began speaking to you about last time, that is deciding. Deciding. What I decide to do today is directly linked to what I'm going to experience tomorrow. And when I say deciding, I'm not speaking of what a whole lot of us have done in our lives where we decide one thing and then next week we change our mind and then we decide to do something else. And uh, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Sometimes people will, will make so many decisions, they're really no decision at all. They're just living on a whim. Okay, whatever the feeling is for the moment. But that's not the kind of decision we're talking about. Uh, turn to Acts chapter 20, please. Acts chapter 20, this is the kind of decision that we are talking about, and this is the scripture that we did read to you last week, we want to rehearse it one more time, because the Apostle Paul had made a statement a couple chapters before how he had purposed in the Spirit to go to Jerusalem, and after he made that quality decision, he had many, many opportunities to do something different. But he made the decision in such a way where nothing could, could cause him to change. Nothing could deter him from this uh, decision that he purposed within himself to do. In verse 22 of chapter 20, he said, And see now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. Now, if you just kind of made a whim, whim of the moment decision, you thought, you know what, I think I'll go to, you know, I think I'll go to Jerusalem. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's go to Jerusalem. How many know he'd have been talked out of that a long time ago? And, and too many times people make decisions like that. Yeah, I think I'll go over here. I think I'll do this. I think I'll marry this person. I think I'll take this job. Oh, I think I'll buy this house. I think, I'll... and they make all kinds of decisions, and they're they're too flimsy. They didn't put enough thought into it. They didn't take enough time to analyze. They just quickly made a decision, and that's why their lives are oftentimes so up and down. They're oftentimes backing off. They decide one thing one week, another thing the other week. That's not this kind of decision. 
He knew who he made this decision. And then people started speaking to him by the spirit and saying, Paul, uh, you know what's going to happen when you get over there, don't you? Chains, tribulations. This is not going to be a, a walk in the park. This is going to be a difficult time for you. And then they started saying, don't go. They started telling him, I wouldn't go if I were you. I'd stay away from that. Paul, please don't go. And he said, no, I'm going. He said, no, I'm going. I know these things are coming. I know I'm going to be persecuted. I know there's going to be change and tribulations. I'm going anyway. And nothing could talk him out of it. If anything could talk me out of something, chains and tribulations might be one of them. <laughs> but when you make a certain type of decision that is unmovable and unchangeable, then you're able to handle any storm. Okay? Now, when in our lives, it depends on what the decision is. Some things don't carry, there are some decisions aren't going to carry this weight. Okay, you may decide I'm going to uh, take a vacation in Florida and then you get on, you know, you start looking at the weather and there's a hurricane. Change <laughs> might be a good idea unless, of course, it is the Lord telling you to go to Florida, then you go in spite of it. But many times it's not that, that serious. But look what happened in verse 24. He said, but none of these things move me. None of these things move me. There have got to be some decisions in your life where this statement can be made by you concerning them. That no matter what happens, no matter how many people come against me, no matter how often the circumstances go contrary to my life and they're not favorable to my position, I will not be moved. This phrase ought to be a part of our lives. Now, I'm not talking about during praise and worship. None of these things move me. I'm not talking about during the service here where, where, you know, we're speaking the word of the Lord. You ought to be moved. Okay, I'm praying that you will be moved <laughs> from the inside out. In other words, God moving you, God doing something in your life. And uh, there, there are other times where uh, this statement should be in effect where we've made a decision. It depends on the type of decision, but we're, where we can say, I will not be moved. I will not change. And it's not, a, it's not a, mount, a, a matter of being stubborn. huh? If you're married and you will not be moved by anything, as far as relating to each other and decisions, you're crazy. Okay, because an inflexible person, what happens to them? If something's in, inflexible, you bend and what happens? You break eventually. Okay, we've got to be flexible in, the, in, the, in that regard. But there are some decisions, like I mentioned to you last time, a commitment between husband and wife, I should be able to say boldly, without reservation, I will not be moved away from that commitment. My relationship with the Lord, I will not be moved. There is nothing you can do to me. There is nothing the enemy can throw at me. There is no circumstance in life that can get me to move away from my decision to follow Him all the days of my life. Okay, those kind of decisions, we need to let nothing move us away from that. Look what he said, nor do I count my life dear to myself. Too many of us, we're so too concerned about our own life. All right, he, he didn't, he said it doesn't matter. He said, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. All right. And so what was key here? 
to him finishing his race with joy, it is not being moved. If I want to have the fullness of joy in my life and run my race to the very end, I must not be moved off of the major commitments and decisions I have made for the Lord. If I know for certain that the Lord has led me to do something, there will be opportunities to get off. Will be opportunities to turn and move away from that decision, but that will also sap my joy. Okay, many times people are suffering, uh, you know, they're just not real happy in life. They're just not thrilled about the way things are going. And the reason is, is because they've moved away from some of the more important decisions in life. And there are some things we just really can't back off on. We know the Lord wants you to be happy. He wants you to be a happy camper. It is in the kingdom's best interest when you have a smile on your face, when you feel good about your life. When, when things are going well, you've got money in the bank. Come on now. You're healthy in your body. You, you've got joy in your relationships, in your marriage. You, your, your business is doing well. Everything's go- That's in the best interest of the kingdom because you're more attractive to the world. Makes the kingdom of God more attractive. You know, um, John 10.10 10, where Jesus said he came to give us life and life more abundantly. One, the Amplified Bible says, says there that uh, Jesus came so that we might enjoy life. You know, the Lord wants you to enjoy your life. Oh, yeah. That's one of the reasons we exist as a, as a church, this local church. We exist to make people happy so that people will enjoy life. Why? Not to an end in and of itself so where it's all about me and we're just selfishly wanting lavishly uh, to be blessed and all that. No, to the end so that we're a witness. So that we're a testimony to the world of how good God is and how, how much He loves us and how He wants to improve everyone's life. Praise the Lord. So he wants to lift us up. Come on now. Wants us to have some fun. Wants us to enjoy life with a greater goal. But I've got to have decisions made in my life where I will not be moved. But we're always making decisions. Where to live, where to work, what to, who to marry, what am I going to eat, what am I going to buy, what am I going to drive, where am I going to go to church. Some of these decisions are, real, uh, are less important and some of them are more important. But understand this, that God is more long-term than most of us think. You know, people make decisions about where to go to church. You've made a decision. Uh, well, many of you didn't decide today because you decided in the past. Thank, you, thank the Lord. Some of you made a decision today. You know, I'm going to go, go to that church over there, Life Church. Great, we make decisions about this. Understand that the Lord is not... Uh, too many people are moved away from their decisions because of circumstances around them this didn't work out i don't like this person or i got offended and 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 so they move from here to there and they're constantly up and down and therefore they're not happy either no joy they're not finishing their course okay some decisions are more important carry greater consequences than others you know psalm 37 and verse 37 is a really good scripture you know why? Because it says, Mark, the blameless man. <laughs> King James Bible says, Mark, the perfect man. And growing up, my grandmother would always remind me of that scripture. <laughs> Bless her heart. Uh, <laughs> and so you can highlight that one if you want. Not, 
<laughs> not not in black, please. <laughs> uh, but think about it now. In reality, when the scripture said, mark the blameless man, identify the blameless man, it goes on to say, observe the upright for the future of that man is peace. When someone will make a decision to live a blameless, upright life, they have a future of peace. But if someone will not make that quality decision that I am going to obey God, I'm going to do what's right, I'm going to live with integrity and honestly before God and before men, then your future is in question. Your future is up in the air. Uh, there are some decisions. Remember Joseph in the Old Testament. Uh, Joseph, son of Jacob, had a great looking jacket. And, uh, but his brothers didn't like it. Sold him out. And he ended up working for Potiphar. Remember that? He was in Potiphar's house. And one day Potiphar's wife, who was a bad woman, she came to seduce him. Remember that? She came to seduce him and to try to get something going with him there. And what did he do? It said that he ran from that. That's a good decision. How many know that's a decision that will alter a person's future? Okay. Many of us, we have decisions like that. We're dealing with temptation. How many know the Bible doesn't say to resist fornication? You know that? It says to flee fornication. Smallest sin in the Bible. Right? All right, go on. It says to flee fornication. F L E. Come on. F no F L E A. Ah. <coughs> Mess up the explanation. Okay, other flee. Now F L E E. We are to <laughs> flee fornication, not resist it. And that's sometimes, it's a decision right there that people make the wrong choice in. Joseph could have stood there and said, no, I resist that and that. <laughs> and, uh, and you should go away. You know, this is not right. Now, I rebuke you. No, that's not the right decision to make in that situation. You are to run away from. Amen. Because how many know that will dramatically alter someone's future? And many people in that very arena right there, they have totally changed their future already because they didn't run from that temptation. And it ended up costing them in court. It ended up changing everything because they now have uh, oftentimes, you know, that can produce offspring, you know. And, uh, and many other things happen. I, there are a lot of people who end up with a disease for the rest of their life. Because they couldn't, they didn't run. But running is a good tool to use at times. In other words, just get out of there. Don't, I'm strong. I can resist this. You're not supposed to. It's a fool who stands up and says, "I'm just going to resist this." The wise person says, "No, I'm leaving this situation. I'm going away from it." Amen. But these type of decisions, whether it's a decision to, to go away from a tempting situation like that uh, or some other type of decision, it will dramatically affect the future. Uh, you know, a decision to be honest in your, in your life, in every situation, relationships, business, that will change your future. 
If you're, if, if you're a kind of person today that will at times kind of shade the truth for your benefit, hide the truth and kind of twist things a little because it'll profit you in some way, well, that's bad news. That will impact you in a negative way. Already has. Even though if you saw an immediate, immediate profit from it. But I will tell you, if you will commit to being an honest person from here on out, you're already predicting your future to be better. The future of this man is peace. Your relationships will be better. You'll have a reputation for doing right. Amen. And so some people in their lives, they live by decisions. And, and that's a good way to live. But other people, they live by, you know, they live by that motto, what, uh, if it feels good, do it. And how many know that can lead someone where they don't want to go? Uh, if we're always led, if I feel hungry, I'm eating every time. What does that lead to? Right? Unfortunately, if some people are led by every time I'm tired, I'm sleeping. Well, you're probably a lazy bum too. Christian lazy bum, but still <laughs> lazy, you know, uh, but we're always led by that. Every time I need entertained, bless God, I'm just going to do something fun. Never have any discipline in life. We can't be led by feelings, how we feel. We can't be led by circumstances. We need to be decision-based people, okay? I'm going to church today because I decided to go to church and not just, you know, this morning because I woke up, oh, I feel all right, I'll go. No, that's feeling. Even though you're saved, even though you love the Lord, even though you're heaven bound, it's it's uh, you're still being led by feelings. I think I'll go. I think I'll do that today. What are you even thinking about that for? I thought about that a long time ago, and so I don't have to even decide every week. And and, there, and that's just one example. But we need to be decision based, live decision based lives. We decide something, and some things are, they rise to a level of importance that we make a decision that nothing can move us from. I will not be moved. I will continue on this path for the rest of my life because I know it is what the Lord wants me to do. And what things in your life do you know the Lord wants you to do? Decisions will determine destiny. Now, here, here's, the, here's the thing about... Um, where we're at today we've made decisions in the past and here we are some good some bad here we are sometimes we're making decisions today and tomorrow well it, it will be a result of those decisions if you stay on your present course exactly doing everything today and tomorrow like you have been doing will you end up in a desirable place Will, you end, will your life end up in a good place or won't it? This is, this, see, this is just real practical. I mean, this, it's not like there's some uh, mysterious force out there that's going to fix everything. If just, you know, my ship's going to come in, everything's going to change. No, it's not. It's going to stay out there. If I'm making decisions a certain way today, I'm going a certain direction that's where I'm going to end up. Do you like it? 
And I think for a lot of people, yeah, you do. You're making some wise choices. Things are going well, and you're making uh, quality decisions, and your life is going to go up. Things are going to keep getting better and better. But for others, you need to alter course. You need to make some other decisions because where you're heading right now, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be fun. And here's the good news. Things can change. Here's the good news. There is opportunity to, if you were to do what you're doing today, some will be not alive tomorrow. Some will have all kinds of trouble in their home six months from now. But we don't want to fall into, into that trap, you know, that insanity trap, that I can continue doing things the exact same way, and mysteriously, somehow, it's all going to turn out different next time. And we've been saying the same thing for 10 years, and everything's still the same. Okay, well, I can believe that things are just going to mysteriously change or recognize that it's not all about what I had hoped would happen. Something needs to be done different in my life. There needs to be a decision that changes the direction of my life. I want you to look at Second Chronicles chapter 32. Second Chronicles chapter 32. Maybe where you're going, where you would have ended up, can be changed. I say it can. I believe this happens regularly around here. And I think it's happened to you. It's happened to me. And I don't necessarily know what would have happened had I not made some decisions that I made. Okay? But many times, people in here are making decisions. Sometimes they're just... They're just minor ones, but they make a decision, I'm not going to do this anymore, or I'm going to begin doing this. I'm going to make, and they don't know, if they hadn't made that decision, they would have ended up in a heap, okay? But they made the choice, and God spared you as a result of it. There were some things that you would have run into, and you have no clue. Maybe someday you can ask the Lord, He'll show you all the mines that He steered you around. But let's not take small adjustments as insignificant and think, well, you know, I don't really need to do that. I know they said that. I know, yeah, that kind of says that in that scripture, but my life's okay. I mean, nothing's really going bad. Listen, the Lord is on our side. He's trying to help us. He's looking from out in the future, looking back and saying, turn, go straight, turn, and trying to adjust us. And sometimes just little uh, words that come forth whether it's in a, a, a teaching time like this, whether it's when we're alone, reading the Bible, little adjustments, and he'll help us steer clear of some issues and some problems. So I would encourage you not to take things lightly. And I've said this to you before, but listen, even while I'm speaking, while someone else is speaking, listen for what the Lord would say to you in the midst of it. Okay, I'm not saying that every word that comes out of my mouth is thus, thus saith the Lord to you. Okay, uh, uh, we do our best to stay accurate and line with Scripture, but listen for thus saith the Lord to you. Because it may not have a, a prefix on it that says, yay, <laughs> my little children. It may not come out that way. It may just be me speaking or someone else speaking and the word comes and you recognize that's a course adjustment for me. That's, a, that, that's a, something I need to align my life with. And it might be a minor change, but sometimes minor change can produce big miracle, big provision. Hmm? 
might save you $100,000 next year. Are you listening? You know, sometimes just a matter of character, a matter of being honest, a matter of living a life of integrity will open a door for you that never would have opened otherwise. Someone in a, would be in a position to, to offer you much and great opportunity, but they saw that you were deficient in a certain area of character in your life, and they said, no, I'm going to do that for somebody else. So that, well, it's not the big deal. I mean, it's not like I lie every day. Well, purpose in the Spirit, just to be that way. From here and for forever, here on for forever. Amen. Second Chronicles, chapter 32, and verse 24. It says, In those days, Hezekiah was sick and near death. And he prayed to the Lord, and he spoke to him and gave him a sign. But Hezekiah did not repay according to the favor shown him, for his heart was lifted up. What was his problem? Pride. His heart was lifted up. Therefore wrath was looming over him and over Judah and Jerusalem. Were there, were there any consequences to him lifting up his heart? Yeah. Big trouble was coming. Then Hezekiah humbled himself for the pride of his heart, he and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the wrath of the Lord did not come upon them in the days of Hezekiah. He was heading down a particular path or course, but he changed and then his future changed. Do you see that? He could have continued the way he was, and they, there would have been a great consequence to his behavior. He would have died at that time. There would have been judgment that had come, but because he changed his heart and humbled himself, his future changed. That's amazing. You know, if you read about this over in, in Isaiah, for example, the word of the Lord came and said, uh, Hezekiah, set your house in order. For you're going to die, man. You're about to die. And this was the Lord talking. Someone might think, well, if the Lord said it, well, I guess I'm, I'm toast, man. I'm dead. No. Sometimes the Lord will speak to a person about what is going to happen if they stay in their present course of activities. And he is telling them not just so that he can say, told you that was going to happen. He's telling us so that we can change and avoid that prophecy. Not all prophecy is written in stone that it's going to happen, period. Some of it is determined upon how we respond to it. If we respond correctly, we can avoid a lot of problems. Yeah. And so listen to me now as I'm speaking. There may be words that come directly to you and don't blow it off. You're not, no one's condemning anyone, but the Lord is trying to help us. There may be words that come directly to you, and you need, uh, you need to pay attention because when it's God for you, what the response needs to be is a quality decision that says, okay, that's going to guide my life from now on. That word that I recognize is from the Lord. It's going to guide my life. It's going to keep me from going outside of those boundaries. And it will save us all kinds of trouble and all kinds of problems. You know, the word repent in the Bible is a word that means a change of mind. 
But it also, what it means is a person is going one direction, and when they repent, they turn around and go the opposite direction. Think that affects their future? <laughs> Big time, man. Especially when it comes to eternal things. How many know you're going to hell? And you repent, and now you're going to heaven. That's pretty big, pretty, pretty dramatic, okay? But other things that are on a less eternal note, it really changes. When we repent from, go, from going one direction, we go the other direction. It changes our entire future. The people we're going to meet, the opportunities we're going to have, the struggles we'll face or not ever even come upon will all change as a result of that. So there needs to be some changes, needs to be some decisions in our lives and they'll change our future some decisions we make who who are you going to serve by what standards will you live your life okay what boundaries in life will you never cross i mean it's your decision it's my what standards do i set up for my own life and say i'm just going to live within these boundaries Someone else might be out here. I'm not about to throw rocks at them. I'm not about to say you need to be inside here with me. But this is where I'm going to be. This is where I'm going to live. There are certain things I'm not going to mess with. Certain activities I'm not going to get involved with. Certain principles that govern my life. And I'm obviously looking for those in here. But, but once I find it, it still comes down to me and my decision. What am I going to do with it? What, what, what principles are going to guide my life? Uh, have you decided in your life to always and under all circumstances obey God? That whenever you discover that something is the will of the Lord, that you are going to purpose in your spirit to do that from then on. This is one of those spirit quality decisions that every one of us should make. I want to encourage you to make it. Whenever you know for certain that something is the will of God. You determine, I'm going to live by that from this point on. If you're not sure, you don't make that decision. That's simple. But when you become certain that something is of God, you lock down and say, I'm just going to live that way. Now listen, we haven't all done that all of our lives. But let's not be Let's act, not act like we don't know what's going on. You know how someone will kind of ignore what they know to do over and over again? They'll do their own thing, live their own way, with fulfilling their own desires, everything's all about them, and then when their life comes tumbling and crashing down, uh, then they seek help from others and say, I just don't know what's going on. I just don't know why this is all happening to me. Uh, can you help me? Can you try help me try to figure out? Man, you are lying. Act like you don't know. I can't. You know, we can't just ignore the Lord over and over again. And when things don't work, act like I'm clueless. There's some people it just happens that things just work out for them, and other people it doesn't. <laughs> no, the truth of the matter is that my decisions determine my destiny. And every time I decide to do what's right, every time I decide to live by principle, every time I decide to obey God, I'm setting up my future for success. Every time I purpose or I get stubborn and say, I'm going to do things my own way, I'm going to yield to my flesh and my own uh, fleshly desires, I'm setting myself up for destruction and trouble and problems in life. Amen. His provision is always tied to his leading. That's why it's so important I pay attention today. 
because tomorrow I'm going to walk right in the middle of some abundant supply. Yay. Say amen. amen. Let, me, let me finish with this, all right? Let me give you five keys to good decision making. Five keys to good decision making. Number one, number one, take your time. If you want to make good quality decisions, take your time. Too often, people make wrong decisions by going too quick. They're moving too fast. And taking your time will allow the dust to settle. It'll allow you to have a more clear perspective on, uh, on the decision and the, cho- the choices, the options that you have before you. Sometimes people will be presented opportunities. This is an opportunity. It's a real small window here. You've got to get in now or a window's closing, window of opportunities closing, and you'll never have this chance again. Let the window close. Okay? Because, listen, God is in heaven, and he's got a window too. (laughs) The Lord is on high, and he's got you in mind. If he deals with you and you know what's right, go ahead and go for it. But uh, most of the time, people just, they just need to back off and say, if I've got to decide within three minutes here, no. You sure? No. Not going to do it. But people oftentimes, again, move too quick. You know, I don't advise when, when, a, when a single person, um, single people meet and they see someone else and stars are in their eyes. And whoo, look what the Lord has done. And, uh, and they just know, wow, man, this is God moving. Man, this, wow, this is, this is the Lord. And then so three weeks later, they get married. Take your time because you don't have a proper, clear perspective of what's happening by moving too quick. I heard someone say one time that if you get out in front of the Lord, you can't see what he's doing. It's better to be too slow than too fast. Okay. And we're talking, not talking about where you're going to eat lunch today, talking about quality decisions, talking about bigger decisions. Uh, You know, I've seen uh, too many times where people uh, I know people who have moved their whole family across the country, moved 2,000 miles away because, man, the job is great and they're going to pay me this and all these perks and it's going to be great. And a month later, move back because they really just didn't take enough time to, to analyze the situation. And no, not condemning anyone because, listen, we've all missed it before. We've all not known and seen clearly or maybe jumped out too soon with something. And so it's not a matter of uh, feel, being condemned over that, I just, I just rather do what's right the first time. I don't know about you, I'd just rather make right choices. Okay, number two, number two, don't decide when you're not at your best. Don't decide when you're not at your best. Be at the top of your game. Okay, in other words, you don't make big decisions when you're tired. You don't make big decisions if you're sick or something. You're not feeling well. Uh, Those are just not the times to make major choices that are going to alter your future. You want to have clear perspective. So wait till you're at the top of your game. It's like it's like grocery shopping. Don't go grocery shopping when you're. (laughs) Why do we all know that so well? (laughs) We've all done it, haven't we? (laughs) And all of a sudden, a nasty-looking Twinkie looks good. Well, we wouldn't normally buy that, but man, that cream filling, look at that. Mm, I, I don't know why people mock the Twinkies so much. Those look pretty good quality. 
nourishment. Let me see what's in that. Yeah, that's not so bad. <laughs> but likewise, when we're not at, we're, uh, at the top of our game, like I said, we're not at our best, it's not the best time to make decisions. Number three. Number three is let emotions subside. Let emotions subside. Don't make a big decision when you're emotionally at an extreme position. Like I said, with a, with a young couple uh, who want to get married. Man, their emotions are running 100 miles an hour, and they think that person is perfect in every way. They're not. Just wait. I'll tell you. I'll prophesy to you. You'll find something wrong. And, uh, but, but their emotions are so high, and everything just looks so perfect. They're just going to jump head, head on, headlong into this thing. And, and, uh, and it's just a bad way to make decisions. And many people do it when their emotions are too strong. It, it's, it's, it can be like the other illustration of, of getting a great job and, you know, the money's real, money's going to be there. Well, the Lord wants you to have a good job, good money. No question about that. But don't let the emotion of, of you see yourself and what you're driving and cash coming and all these perks. Don't let it cloud you into not seeing the whole picture. And sometimes you just need to take some time, again, number one, but the reason for that is so your emotions can subside and you can look at something rationally, look at it clearly from all angles, and make a wise decision. Number four, number four, get a second opinion. Get a second opinion. Just like if you were diagnosed with some uh, serious disease or you were, a doctor recommended you, would, you were to get a surgery of some kind, Usually someone's going to get a second opinion, all right? And, uh, you know, they're about to take off your leg. You might want to ask somebody else because it's kind of kind of affects your future, all right? Anything serious warrants a second look and especially decision-making. Listen, even the, even the best of us who, you know, we, we love God and we spend time in the Word and in prayer and we consider ourselves to be somewhat spiritually sensitive and no question that we are. But it doesn't mean we couldn't ever miss it, okay? It doesn't mean we could never get it wrong. That's why, you know, when we prophesy and give word of knowledge and, and, and all these things, we're supposed to judge that stuff. We're supposed to look at it and say, okay, I'm going to judge it with the word of God, of course, by the Spirit, and, and analyze simply because of the fact that we could make a mistake. doesn't mean someone's a bad person. But getting a second opinion, what do you think? Should I marry her? <laughs> You know, should I move here? Should I take this job? Should I buy this house? Should I invest in this company? You know, if it's a big decision, it makes sense to get a second opinion on it. And not from that person you know that always agrees with you. That whatever you say, they just want you to like them. And so they're going to say, oh yeah, go ahead, do it. That's a good decision, man. I do. Ask someone that you know ahead of time is going to be objective. Someone that has maturity someone that has some wisdom okay it's important who you ask and then let them honestly give you're not making them holy spirit in your life you're not giving them the final say they could be wrong too but you're at least opening yourself up to another idea to safeguard you from jumping somewhere too quick without really thinking through the process or seeing it from all angles proverbs 11:14 says where there is no counsel the people fall but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Okay? There is, it's a safety net to have people around you who can give you a second opinion. Number five, 
Number five, pay attention to red flags. Pay attention to red flags. Sometimes all we see is what could be, what the positive elements of a decision are. We never look at the negatives or the drawbacks or what could go wrong. And not to be, not to, I don't say this as a, you know, we're ha- having a lack of faith. Not talking about that, talking about being realistic and looking at the different angles. Pay attention if there are red flags. Now, especially if there's a red flag right in here. Right on the inside, where Colossians said, uh, t- talks about how we're to, um, how does it say, follow peace with all men. Uh, You've got to look for peace in your spirit. If you're moving forth towards a decision and your head says, yay, this is good, this is awesome. And every time you go to make a decision that way, every time you go to, to, to be involved in that, something on the inside just kind of eats at you. It's like, uh, uh. It's just not right. Something just doesn't 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 settle right. I have I've had that time and time again. You know, in different sometimes with situations with our church and different properties that we're already you know pursue, looking at. And Lord, is this the way that we should go? I've gone into some places. Well, when we first moved to moved to town here and and, and began the church, um, we were looking for a place to hold meetings. We ended up at the hotel up the road in their conference rooms. But before that, I'd walked into one place. It was a, a a gym, a workout place, and they had an aerobics room. I thought, hey, we're going to be there. And, uh, and I checked into that. But every time I'd go into that place, it was, I, I knew, we're not going to meet here. We're not going to meet here. And so what, what do you do? Well, you, you got to pay attention to that kind of stuff. Don't just override. Don't just, don't just override those, all the negatives and say, I'm just going to bless God, speak the name of Jesus, and I'm going to take my authority. We're going to plow through this. You might be plowing for a while. Okay, and that's not fun. If it is right, if there is peace and there is a little opposition, that's when you do kick down doors. That's when you do speak the name and you, you use the word of God and you overcome. But you've got to have the leading of the Lord. Amen? Amen? Amen. Father, thank you today for your goodness, for being with us, for your presence in our lives. Lord, the bright and glorious future that you have set for us. You're a good God. You're faithful in all your ways. And Lord, we believe today that you're leading us, that you're guiding us, you're directing our every step. And Father, I pray for those today who need to make some quality decisions about their life. They have choices they need to make. Some they don't know the answer to. They just need to hold off on that decision. Others know some things they need to commit to, some decisions they need to make. I pray that you'd help that person, help all those right now. Just strengthen them in their inner man. Help them to rise up to the challenge and make the choice that'll, that'll be the right one. Amen. I want you to take a moment this morning just to, uh, and just talk to the Lord about these things. There's some decisions that you need to talk to the Lord about. Maybe just some, some uh, commitments that you need to reaffirm in your heart between you and, and Him. If it's something you've already made, you're already locked down, you can just say, thank you, Lord, I'm still there, I'm still with you, we're, we're here to the end. And maybe there's some, th- some things that are kind of up in the air with you, some things you haven't really locked down on, and, and you need to make some commitments to the Lord. Talk to Him about those things for just a moment here. Amen. Just take a moment. Lord, we praise you today. We honor and bless you now. Glory to your name.